0: Ghosts are horny.
1: Fooky. Revisiting female violence. (laughs) That could be any of these episodes.
0: I I hate to bring up bugs. (laughs) Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon.
1: Liberal propaganda, damn cucks.
0: This is a John Winchester hate zone.
1: Could have had Literally. killer optimist prime and he had to be racist. To be
0: fucking racist. Hi, and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon.
1: I'm Jordan Grimm.
0: And I'm Allie. Oh, Jordan. <laughs> Poor Jordan. Oh. And we'll be your host for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology, Jordan. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I'm so sorry. For
1: Uh, anyone who hasn't picked up on it, I have in fact lost my voice. So be ready for it.
0: Lots of fun, weird, squeaky sounds incoming. (laughs) So today... As we warm up, I thought we could be very on the nose and discuss our favorite movies or episodes of the time travel genre, or in Allie's case, ones <laughs> that are tolerable. <laughs> Since Allie greatly dislikes time travel. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's not for I have
1: I have opinions about that, Allie. I don't want to take too much time away. But you love ghost stories. And are ghost stories pretty much time traveling in their own way?
0: No. (laughs) Not at all. They're tied to the past, but it's in the present.
1: Hmm. Okay, (laughs) I'll accept it. Okay, well, I'm going to go first anyways. It's hard for me to like pick out one piece of media that I really like that's about time travel because I have a lot of ones that I have fond memories about. Mm. Because it's a popular genre, of course, 15 year old me loved Donnie Darko, but with 31 mm-hmm. year old me loved Donnie Darko, maybe not as much. So I'm not going to say something like that. I'm going to instead, <laughs> I'm going to go with Outlander. Oh. And here's why I just, for what I have a soft spot for Outlander, because how I found out about it was I was at Barnes and Noble's in the checkout line, and there was this woman behind me, and she was older. She had to be in her 70s at least. She was wearing huge, huge glasses that pointed out at the end. And she had to have had like at least 15 scarves on. I just remember her being covered in scarves. Just determined it, to
0: keep warm, I guess.
1: It's very strange. And it was like in the spring. But she came up to me and we were waiting in line. And it was taking a while because the person had a, in front of us had a bunch of questions. She pointed to her book and she was like, have you watched Outlander? Or she's like, have you read it? And I'm like, No what's it about? And she like went into real detail and she's like, it makes me feel something. And now (laughs) anytime I turn on outlander, I just think of the 70 year old lady standing in line, checking out the newest outlander book going, it makes me feel something
0: good for her. Mm -hmm. But anyways,
1: I just think the idea of traveling back like 600 years and like just fucking your way through Mm -hmm. like Scotland or where the fuck ever is very hilarious.
0: No, it's great. It's great. That's such a good choice. Outlander is superb. <laughs> I will keep my thoughts to myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, superb is a strong word, but it's fun. Yeah. What about you, Allie?
0: Okay, honorable mention to my childhood one, which was uh, the season one um, episode of Stargate where O'Neill stuck in the time loop. I think you talked about this on the Groundhog Day episode too. Probably, it is- shaped my life. And then I'm probably going to choose the same one I chose for that. I have zero memory if I did, but Palm Springs. You did. 20 film. You, you brought up both of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking we, with it. We I, are in a time loop right now. <laughs> truly, we are. Um, I don't like time travel back and forward, really. Nope. Nope. I Time loops make me even more anxious, but I think those are better media versions um, mm-hmm. than time travel. Fuck time travel. Well, I'll there's be- my hot
2: take. Oh my God.
0: Well, okay. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jasper? I love time travel. <clears throat> I really like the questions of agency that it brings up and f- like free will as a concept and you know, I I really like to struggle over like how much control do we really have over our choices. I like to feel that kind of existential discomfort. So, you know, I've seen a lot of things. I think I'm going to pick two. Two of my favorites are 12 Monkeys, which is like an older movie with Brad Pitt. And what is the the guy, the bald guy? Um, Bruce Willis. Mm. Bruce Willis. Um, yeah, it's it's got Brad Pitt and Bruce Willis, and also has Christopher Plummer. So there's an older thing and slightly newer animated. And I know that both of y'all will cringe at this because of our friend group backstory, but I really think *Madoka Magica* is a really good time travel story.
1: No, I, it's really good anime.
0: Yeah, it really is. But um, I think I just <laughs> like like the intensity of it like the way i like I don't know there feels like a a certain urgency to it like when you when you sort of know how things are going to pan out like you have these clues about it but you feel like you're hurtling towards something that you don't necessarily have control over like it's like seeing like a train wreck in slow motion kind of you're like you can see all the little things that go wrong and you're just like god fuck this sucks (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah i've never seen 12 monkeys but you make this all very compelling and mm-hmm. it's really it was, good
0: jordan yeah. yeah
1: and it was right in that brad pitt golden age because he did like mm-hmm. that interview with a vampire and like one other fight big club. movie that i forget fight club yeah that was mm-hmm. like all in that little area so good
0: he's so fucked up in 12 monkeys that's, that's like prime oh. weirdo brad pitt like where he like super got oh, into his role did he do
1: seven in like the same year too yeah yeah
0: yeah, all the oh. that those were the golden years, baby. I'm just saying, you get twelve monkeys to go. All right, Jordan, are you okay? So, Do you need to? Um, I'm ready to water? go. <laughs> Do you need a throat lozenge?
1: <laughs> Something.
0: All right. Well, without further ado, today's episode is season four, episode three. In the beginning, or the source of the generational trauma. This episode was written by Jeremy Carver and directed by Steve Boyam and it originally aired on October 2nd, 2008.
1: Shameless plug for one of my favorite artists, but because we're like all about angels here and the episode's called In the Beginning, I could not get Dorian Electra stuck out of my head.
0: Oh my God, me too. Episode. I actually have been thinking about this song all day, like looking at my notes. Um, I'm so glad that you bring that up.
1: We just, same brain we, right we just like Castile to take like a big pot or something and just smash it against his head
0: yeah exactly. <laughs> dramatically
1: exactly.
0: yeah totally um for our fans of gay shit and also camp and also mm-hmm. drag media definitely check out adam and steve by dorian electra so good mm-hmm. <laughs> but the episode the episode. <laughs> I know it's kind of tangential to everything that's going on, but I was—I find myself really distracted in the beginning of this episode by the, like, contemporary art, like, the, the abstract painting in mm-hmm. the background of the shot when Sam is, like, sneaking out of the motel. Did you guys notice that thing? It's just, like, a bunch of, like... It, it's just very, like, prominent in the shot, and it's so ugly. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not I I am not one of those people who's like I don't understand like contemporary abstract crap like I, I get it okay like I I get it you're like deconstructing the whole you know this is what stuff is supposed to look like and it's supposed to mm-hmm. evoke emotion more than anything else but the emotion it invokes in me is wow that's ugly <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I don't even know if they meant that for that painting to steal the scene so much, but it really did just by being so egregious.
0: Yeah. See, I was stuck on the bedspread. I don't even remember them. (laughs) They were just like very, it was very similar where it was a lot of colors. Uh Uh, I think it was like a quilt pattern, but it was just, yeah, nothing in the room like went together. It was very interesting. Which is odd because I feel like usually like it's ugly, but there's some kind of cohesion, Mm -hmm. you know? Like thematic ugly.
1: I think maybe the cohesion is the 70s. It's like one of the ugliest times in history (laughs) for like furniture. And so they were like hinting that they were gonna be going to the 70s by being in a hideous room. You Jordan, know, I
0: don't like the 70s
1: all brown and mustard yellow. And I no, I'm not feel a like fan.
0: there's there's other stuff to love though, mm-hmm. too. Like, what about all the disco shit, Jordan?
1: I love disco. That is true. I'm talking more about 70s interior design that is like more rural,
0: right? Oh, like, yeah. Less good. like a glam urban. Mm, yeah, I, I feel it. Gross. I get you.
1: Are the, like, leftover hippie shit from the 60s? I hate that stuff, too.
0: Right. No, totally. Since we're, like, on this topic, let's... Do you want to talk about, like, the fashion of this episode? Just, like, right now? Sure. So we're all bragging on the 70s. Can I just say, like... (sighs) I feel like it's one of those decades that's so easy to make fun of in terms of aesthetics and it's so easy to reference in in terms of aesthetics and they just like didn't care at all
1: right I didn't feel like it was the 70s
0: right especially with like Mary herself I like don't get me wrong I loved I loved her outfits I thought they were cute like Mm -hmm. the sort of I don't know what to call it, but, like, with the dark contrast stitching on the white button-down, the the kind of, like, Western button-down shirt that had the embroidered roses. Yeah. So good. And, like, you know, with a huge belt going on with that. But, like, literally the whole time, she just looked like it was 2008. Like, she was wearing clothes that people were wearing... In my junior and senior year of high school, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like straight up, especially like that red top. Do you remember it had like this bit in the middle of the bust with like the beads. And I was like, I definitely had something that looked very similar to that when I was like 17 years old.
1: (laughs) I thought the worst perpetrator was uh, Mary's mom.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Right.
1: She was in nothing but flannel the whole Mm -hmm. time. That and one like red jacket. Yeah. I like the red jacket, but it did not scream 70s at all. Mm-hmm.
0: No, no, it didn't. I was like, man, like that's the the fun part of like doing time travel shit is mm-hmm. you get to deeply emphasize how like aesthetically different it is. Mm-hmm. And you know, that difference makes the main character stand out even more. The fact that they were just like, yeah, he's just some guy. I don't know, I hated that. It was so weird. I don't know. Come on, y'all. I feel I, like sometimes they got it together so good with this stuff, and other times I'm just what oh, a let down. I have very mixed feelings because I agree. And but then part of me was like, is this just how people in Kansas dress? Like <laughs> <laughs> are they True. ever with the time? Um, which is probably a little bit mean to say the um, least.
1: I may be wrong. Was John dressed a little bit more 70s-ish? Not really. Because they really could have put like bell bottoms on him
0: I know right So fun
1: Because they gave him like Beatles hair but
0: Yeah I think they, he was supposed to be like Just really clean cut mm-hmm. I guess yeah. There were two standouts that I can like hand wave Because Mary looked fucking amazing um, I think it's the shirt you were talking about Jasper the white shirt That had like a yeah. red embroidery on the middle Totally looks like what all the moms in 2008 I knew were wearing But I loved it <gasps> And then she had one that I thought was a lot more 70s when they um, visit when she, when her dad dresses as the priest and she's in this uh, like deep green. Oh um, yeah, the blazing. Yeah, the knee high boots and the um, midi skirt. Yeah, that was, that was a good look. It has like the contrast white stitching on that, and yeah. I was like, I don't care what era this is. Like she, no, yeah, no, that was the thing. Like she always looked good. It just felt like the wrong time. Like her mm-hmm. hair, yeah. her hair was too contemporary, and so was her makeup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? know yeah, her lips were almost that like frosty. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I totally that drove mean. me nuts. Yeah but enough enough of that enough of that maybe let's talk about the plot of the episode not the aesthetics (laughs) just for a second so Sam sneaks out right and we're like oh yeah he's doing something (laughs) now that you know we're not having to look at the painting we're like oh yeah Sam is meeting up with Ruby and she is in her incredible yellow muscle car with the black stripe and we're just like Go get it. Time to go do some hot girl shit. But then the episode <laughs> is just Dean time traveling. I I gotta <laughs> I gotta say, like, why does Dean like I know we're sitting here being like, yeah, they definitely have sexual tension written into it? And but like, why does Dean have to make everything Cass does? Like everything with Cass is made so sexual by that character specifically. Like in the previous episode, he was complaining to Sam, well, I didn't get groped by an angel. Like using the word groped and like here, like accusing him of like getting off on watching him sleep. And I'm like, <laughs> he's just sitting there. Like, Dean is a fucking weirdo that's so funny because I thought the same about Cass where I'm like Cass like you can show up any place in the room like just sitting on the side of his bed is such an intimate choice no totally it totally is it totally is
1: well and then we have to also talk about how the show like has already been drawing comparisons to um Sam and Ruby and then Dean and Castiel Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like Sam and Ruby are in a sexual relationship and like he's specifically sneaking out which is like something like people often do to go see like their significant others right and then they're immediately going to parallel him going to see ruby he's getting paired off so then we're going to immediately pair them off with cassio it's right. almost like they're wanting us to think that this is what's happening
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> right except that they then like at the time we're turning around and being like <laughs> dustiel is not real <laughs> oh my god <laughs> No one look behind the curtain. <laughs> they're like dusty L dusty L, but no homo. Right, right. It's all a, a wink and a nudge, you know. I like it though. I'm sorry.
2: Mm-hmm. I,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry about it, but I do. I I love the will they won't they shit. And they just do don't do that with gay characters ever. Mm. They're always either together or you know they're going to be together because they're the two gay characters. <laughs> you no, know, we don't tend to get these really long slow burn things with queer people just with straights. So I love the will they won't they when they actually will. Yeah, no, exactly. I just want to, you know, I want the anticipation. I want to wait for it. I want to wonder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think supernatural time you could say time period right? Like there are so many reasons. Right. Not good reasons. And they definitely should have because they set it up to be like this. Like I know. You can't watch this and be like none of this was intentional. Right. You you chose to put the word grope in there <laughs> to make this bit sexual <laughs> about watching him sleep. I don't know. A tidbit that I feel like is correct is that someone in production in somewhere along the line said that it was too gay to have cast sit on the bed, but then that it uh-huh. happened anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I, can't, I I have no clear info on that because I don't really watch a lot of behind the scenes material so that was probably useless for me to say and I should cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's never watch behind the scene material but but make bold statements. Oh yeah, like totally. we know about it. I'm I'm just going to like say all sorts of crazy off the wall shit about them.
2: <laughs> I'm but so like down. totally
0: here for like, this. Like I heard that Jarpad, um developed a real problem with sucking his thumb during the <laughs> filming of season five mm-hmm. like I'm just gonna make shit up it's gonna be great
1: can we talk about the way Castiel sent Dean back like just the two fingers like gently pressed against the forehead and then pow yeah very sensual <laughs> like I've used that word a lot already explaining these two but
0: it does have that feel though. Yeah. I don't know. On a more serious note, I do like that that's um how they choose to represent a lot of his like powers and stuff mm-hmm. is that he doesn't have to exert a lot of effort in mm-hmm. order to do anything. And it reminds me of very biblical like laying on hands. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that's more the intention and not like a shh, shh it's okay. <laughs>
2: this is how I feel mama let me
0: whisper in your
1: (laughs) (laughs) ear just wait till you see these wings
0: (laughs) when I was in college I this is relevant I swear when I was in college and my wisdom teeth were growing in I would go around and make people feel them but to make people feel them I would just keep eye contact as I took their finger put it in the back of my mouth and to feel the teeth growing in I never realized for like five years why that was inappropriate or may have seemed like I was trying to hit on them. And I feel very much about the show in the same way. Like the things they do, if they did not mean it, it has to be like so blind to it and ridiculously stupid. But yet we're here. Okay. Okay. I get why that. Okay. I see why that was
1: relevant now.
0: I was like... (laughs) Where are we going with this, Allie? Uh, Allie just (laughs) wants everyone
1: to know that she likes to suck on fingers.
0: (laughs) Fingers in my Friday. Didn't think it was sexual or like anything like that. And now years later, like maybe they're looking years later and they're like, oh, that's why everyone thought it was. Maybe, you know, (laughs) maybe. Except that, well, let's let's not get into, let's not, you know, I, I think there's just too much going on there. We don't have enough We don't have enough of the facts (laughs) True, Um, true I think we can all agree Maybe, I don't know, maybe we can't I think we can all agree though that Cass asking about his About Dean's dream And um, potentially Having, it sort of seems like He already knew, like he was watching it Or something, I think we can agree That is a little creepy though (laughs) That was a little weird
1: I didn't know what his whole intention was or why they decided to have him do that it was a bit little strange
0: i think it was just to be spooky you know like to yeah. keep up the idea that he's like menacing or whatever
1: he's a dream peeper i guess we all have our hangups.
0: yeah that's true that's true everybody's got something so they are transported to the past
1: window 1973
0: Jordan, how excited were you to see John Winchester again?
1: Oh, my fucking God. I was like, oh, is this our chance to kill him before he can ruin everything?
0: <laughs> for me, there's definitely an element of, oh, no, he's hot going yeah. on. I'm like yeah. mad. Like, for me, like the JDM, I don't know. I know he does it for a lot of people. He just doesn't do it for me. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately, young John is very attractive. And I'm like, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you become. We had guess- our Papa Winchester and now we have our daddy Winchester. Allie, I hate that. Also, he's <laughs> he does not have daddy vibes at all. No. Oh, <laughs> Why would you say this lie? To make you suffer. Well, it worked. I hope you're happy. I am good. <laughs>
1: I'm kind of conflicted on young John mm-hmm. because I get what they were trying to do of like, he started out. So like, like pure and kind, and it was the life of hunting because they've thrown on that point that like hunting ruins a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was like, mm, he's a little too toxic in the future for him to ever like, I wish they had put a little bit more of like his modern personality into him, but yeah, it's so fun
0: he's very um like boy scout yeah which feels eh, I don't know like the episode is much more about Mary than about John so I think it's fine that we don't really get that much interaction uh with him of, of any kind of depth um but I agree, like they they have enough information, they give you enough information to know that he's like back from the Vietnam War and like all this stuff. so I don't know, that definitely has an impact on you, you know, yeah. Combat. So eh, it is what it is. On a lighter note, maybe <laughs> maybe) <laughs> Jordan, did you notice um, that this diner scene is like shot for shot, the diner scene in uh, Back to the Future?
1: I did.
0: It's like kind of a cool homage. Like if anyone's interested, I would definitely go back and watch the diner scene, but the diner scene only because, wow, was that movie startlingly racist mm-hmm. in retrospect. Yeah. Like, like bookended with it. It's really bad. Um, Like re- really like... What's going on there? <laughs> but yeah, it is it is cool to see that's, that's sort of, like we talk about here and there, like respect for genre.
1: Yeah, well, especially in a show like Supernatural where they put so much impact on how big media was for the mm-hmm. two boys. I think just like, it really fits in to the show. I don't know, to just inject as much reference yeah. and like love for media as possible. I really yeah. liked it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that, especially when we're talking about
1: Dean. Yes, for sure.
0: So Dean meets his dad accidentally and his dad is like, okay, you're a fucking weirdo and leaves. Which, like, fair, fair, Dean is very weird and immediately stalks him. Yes. (laughs) Which, like, fair. Okay, fair. I, you know, if I were sent back in time and I found my parents, I would probably follow them around. Like, what else would I do? This alleyway scene, I'm obsessed with this alleyway scene with Cass and Dean.
2: Oh, yeah. It's
0: a tiny, stupid scene that doesn't really do anything. But Cass just looks so good. Like, why does he look that good? He's just hanging out. Like, he's not doing anything. He's just like, time is fluid, Dean. And then, poof, he's gone. But I'm like, yes, you're so right, King.
1: Well, he's seems so, like, cryptic and mysterious. It's like kind of compelling it's kind of like okay okay Mr. Man of Mystery I get it
0: (laughs) he just looks so cute I don't know it's like the lighting was real good he was like I don't have time to explain these things to you (laughs) I don't know I also love that he's like I don't have time to tell you these things but I'm gonna keep popping back up (laughs) by the way yeah the whole like Cass's whole role in this episode is to appear intermittently and Mm -hmm. say cryptic shit and then disappear which I'm like incredible like good for you in terms of like a storytelling tool I wasn't like super into it personally but I also am willing to forgive it like a lot because I just really like Cass I am like I don't care you be weird you weirdo king I think he's already delivered his first and maybe second by this time line about you have to stop it. And Dean's like, okay, well, what am I supposed to stop? And then he's like, see ya. (laughs) And like, so the whole episode is like, is he trying to stop the deal, stop something with his parents, like stop them from dying? like all this stuff and you're like going through like lots of little red herrings for this mm-hmm. plot, which again, I, I feel like, you know, it would feel a lot more effortless if they didn't have calves popping in and being like, remember to do the thing, Dean, like,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but like, you know, it is what it is. I don't mind so much because I think they do a really good job of keeping Cass weird. Like even as he figures out like human conventions, my favorite thing about Cass is how awkward he is. Oh yeah, he's just like a total fucking weirdo. So if it were just in this episode, I'd be like, what the fuck are they doing with Cass? But since it's just like a him thing, I can be like, yeah, that's just Cass. Yeah, I kind of think that's where I land too. So it's like easier Mm -hmm. to digest on a rewatch. I definitely remember watching Mm -hmm. this the first time and being like, wow, okay, thanks. I get it. Like (laughs) not about the character, but the dialogue writing Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or just the writing in general.
1: So talking about Cass being a weirdo, I find it endearing with Dean that he is kind of painted as this cool guy, and that's like how he's wanted to be portrayed at first. But he's like so cringe.
0: Oh my god, he is extremely cringe. When Are you he gonna has, talk about what the fact that he introduces himself to John as Dean Van Halen,
1: and then like smiles, like he said the coolest thing ever.
0: Oh my god, Ooh. right? What a dork! I love him.
1: <laughs> oh, <it's> so funny. <laughs>
0: Oh, stupid little weirdo, man. (laughs) He just, like, I love that he has no self-awareness about how cringy he is. I I just find it endlessly endearing. Also, I really want the AU where John bought the VW bus instead of the Impala. Like, just change that one thing. (laughs) wow, that was a really good sales pitch, Dean, but I'm still going to buy the van. (laughs) And that's the one thing that Dean accidentally changes about the future. (laughs) It would be amazing. Yeah. It did make me miss Andy though. And it makes me wish we had a just total Scooby-Doo vibes. Like if we had that van, oh yeah. We couldn't take it seriously in the best of ways. Absolutely. It's okay. They make up for it by having Scooby-Natural
1: so Dean starts to like kind of tail John. And this is when we realize that John is going to pick up Mary. Yeah. I was excited to see Mary.
0: Yeah. Were you surprised that she was a hunter?
1: No, not at all. I um, didn't
2: think you would
0: be, but it's yeah. cool, though, right?
1: Well, so it's so cool. I was really, really excited for this episode, especially because I immediately knew it was gonna be a lot about Mary and what Mary's mm. relationship was to this yellow eyed demon. Yeah. because we've, we already knew like the yellow day has told us that Mary knew who he was right so yeah I had figured well so I had figured that she was most likely a hunter and I had also figured that out that she had most likely made a deal with him because that's what he does right but um I was so excited to see Mary and she did not disappoint. They introduced her in a really cool and interesting way.
0: Yeah, I think, like, the contrast between her, like, very soft attitude and, like, the cutesy milkshake date with John and Van her just, like, <laughs> instantly punching Dean in the face.
1: <laughs>
0: very good. I love
1: it. Can we talk, though, with, like... What in the Claire's is that bracelet? Oh
0: my fucking God. (laughs) I literally wrote down Claire's slash hot topic clearance section.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty bad.
0: I know. I I can always count on you, Jordan. I can always count on you to know what I'm thinking.
1: It also just like doesn't make sense. Like no other hunter has randomly needed the symbol of a pentagram or a star. Like it's just bizarre, but
0: I think it's funny. Yeah, I mean, there are so many other things that are like, because of like the decade it is and the technology they have, that like hunting is different. And they make a point to like, talk about those things, like when Dean is talking to Mary's parents, you know, that I think you can extrapolate that. It was just, you know, more useful tools at the time or like, you know, now the knowledge they have has progressed enough that whatever she had that for, like, it's not as necessary anymore. So I, I was like, okay, whatever. But yeah, I was, <laughs> Claire's,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yes, <laughs> correct. You are correct. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I was very excited at this point that John really takes the backseat in the episode.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Like, it really is all about Mary and her familial unit. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. After she and Dean meet, and he kind of, you know, wheedles his way into (laughs) getting Uh invited over to her house, which I don't know how he managed that. I'd be like, all right, dude, bye. Bye if I was her. But um, were you surprised to see Mitch Pelegi, who played Samuel in this, he was Skinner in The X-Files and uh, Colonel Caldwell in Stargate Atlantis as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's currently on Walker, which is Jared Padalecki's new Copaganda show.
1: Which I hear he left, right?
0: Did he leave that show? Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe. I, I... I'm
1: not sure. Dude, I, think I, don't, I...
0: I don't watch it.
1: Like Me neither.
0: Anyway, I always think it's a treat to see him. He's a great actor. I especially mm-hmm. love him in, in The X-Files. He's wonderful as Skinner who's sort of a long-term antagonist and sometimes ally within the FBI. He plays a really effective, like slightly lovable asshole. I didn't think he was lovable at all
2: in this, but...
0: <laughs> I mean, in most media, I, in this I can understand why he's like, mm, other hunters are sketch. Get out. Oh yeah, no, totally. But he is also just a dick. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, if he wasn't such a dick to marry to, maybe her, like, daddy trauma would have not caused her to marry John.
0: Yeah, true. Also, she never sounds like she, like, actually likes him. She's just like, he's just so nice. Don't even get me started. Don't get me started. (laughs) Okay, I'm getting started. She's a compact lesbian. I can see it. Mm. I seriously, like, there's more things later in, like, the canon of the show that make me think this and I don't want to talk about them Blessed spoilies for Jordan but there's reasons there's reasons and that kind of dialogue when she's like you know he's just sweet <laughs> I'm like oh my fucking god <laughs>
1: yeah well especially like I mean it even happens now but Especially back then, there was a bigger societal pressure to get married. If you were a woman, right, and you had an abusive family, you turned 18, you're gonna find the first man you can to get out of that situation.
0: Yeah, who isn't gonna like turn around and also beat you?
1: Yeah, literally.
0: I'm just like, wow, she was settling so she could escape. Like, mm-hmm. that's literally the whole thing.
1: True.
0: What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh geez and it's shit like that that makes me very interested and very trepidatious about the prequel series that Jensen Mm. is doing the Winchesters yeah see though we'll see I'm not gonna lie I I will watch it I am weak I honestly don't know if I will I'll let you know if it's any good thank you you're welcome and I I think I'm happy to do this for you anytime I think it'll be okay, too, because I have a good enough sense of your particular personal tastes Mm -hmm. that I won't be like, oh, this is so good. You should watch it. And like, have you be like, what the fuck, Jasper? (laughs)
2: Fair.
0: I appreciate that. Like, I'll know, I'll know if this is like, well, I like it, but it's not going to be an alley
2: thing. Mm -hmm.
1: So Dean is, so there's like a bunch of um, a mysterious death of a farmer that they're going to investigate. I'm just a little curious how this all happened. I wonder if we'll eventually find out. Because he's immediately like, no, I'm taking Mary. Like, he's just so willing to bring his, like, young daughter to go fight mm-hmm. supernatural creatures.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you get the sense from them the same way you do did from John in, like, seasons one. Well, in season one and and in season two to a certain degree. That it's like, you know, the thing that they've always done. And in this particular case, it feels even more generational. Like mm-hmm. if you asked Samuel or Deanna about it, they'd be like, oh yeah, my parents, my parents did this too or whatever. So I think it's just sort of like responsibility of the people in the know kind of thing. They're mm-hmm. like, well, we know about it, so we should take care of it. We know how to deal with it, so we should keep taking care of it. But yeah, it's, it is very weird. I, on the one hand, I have to say, well, okay, at least he uh, respects his daughter's like intelligence and physical capabilities. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't treat her like she's like it's some kind of porcelain doll or something mm-hmm. like that's oh. definitely <clears throat> a more old school kind of attitude towards daughters. So like, there's that, but then like she clearly like she doesn't want to do it and like he knows that you like and you can see that from like there's a later scene where he's like she wants to hunt she doesn't want to hunt like I don't get it so like it is big it is kind of a question mark there isn't it
1: that's at least how I felt but it is kind of interesting to see the cycles and how you think this all started Mm -hmm. with John but in a way it kind of all started with Mary Mm -hmm. and we're learning here right it's actually pretty fun and this next scene here too. So the family chooses not to bring Dean along. And so Sam, Samuel and Mary go to the farm where Grandpa Sam is posing as a priest. Mm-hmm. And then Dean is there doing the exact same thing. <laughs> I think it's, it's very fun storytelling.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally. I I love because they kind of mess with us by having it outside of Dean's perspective for a bit, which is an interesting choice, I think, given that it's a time travel episode. You would think that we would stick with Dean the whole time, but then for him to like already be there, I I did like how it made uh, Samuel look like a bit of a buffoon.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Though he rolled with it well.
0: Well enough, anyway. Yeah. The wife was, like, weirder than seeing my husband's mangled body. (laughs) (laughs) I was really into the actor who who played the son of the the farmer couple who, like, accidentally made the demon deal. (laughs) Yeah. He was such a believable, stupid-ass country boy. (laughs) I don't know. I was like, wow, this guy's dumb.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do like that we also find out here that... This, like, flashback has to deal with the yellow eyed demon, yeah. The deal that he made. I was like, Yellow Demon was a good villain, and we do still have a lot of unanswered questions about him,
0: yeah. Even after this episode,
1: yeah. So, I'm just very interested to see where they're going with it,
0: yeah. Totally, totally. I love the reveal that it's Azazel here. It feels very like, Ooga Booga Booga, like, I bet you weren't expecting Uh that, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, what else could you be expecting, I guess, when it's about, you know, the history of his parents and everything, but still, it feels momentous, I think. Especially when you realize Azazel hasn't met Mary yet, and you're Mm -hmm. seeing that in real time. Like, I think that is very, very cool.
1: I did want to ask you, Jasper, I was thinking the whole time, because I know you've been really big on like Dean sexuality and gender kind of as a what? overarching theme with him and how he's directly named after his grandmother.
0: Oh my yeah. fucking God, don't even get me started on that. This- <laughs> Okay, wow, that's like two for two on. Don't get me started on my queer brain rot. Okay, (laughs) seriously though, when you have the the Mm -hmm. firstborn son is usually named if you're gonna name a kid after your dad, it's gonna be the firstborn son, right? Mm -hmm. But then she was named after the grandmother, which makes you wonder. I'm like, welcome to my transgender Dean brain rot. Mm. (laughs) There you go. There it is. It's not even where it begins. But there's some of it
1: yeah because it like, oh, it's like oh it's for
0: clocking that by the way <laughs> it's like i said i can always count on you you always know where my brain is
1: <laughs> it just was so fun because it was like oh it's grandpa sam and grandma Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do they kind of dress her a little bit like dean too
0: they do with the plaid it's all like flannel and
2: jeans. Oh,
0: okay, but to be fair, I think Samuel is dressed like that as well. True.
1: Yeah, well Grandpa, but Samuel is in um he he never wears plaid. He always wears He has like a so,
0: tucked-in shirts.
1: He has a tucked-in? He has a tucked-in. I want to say it's like a cream green, which is gross. It's very hard to draw parallels when it comes to outfits like that in this show because they recycle the same yeah, look mm-hmm. between everyone.
0: Right, totally. It's just not a conventional, like, naming thing. That's all I'm saying. No,
1: I, uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: I think it says a lot that it's the yellow-eyed demon. I, when I first watched it, didn't anticipate it being him. Partially because I'm not Jordan and not psychic about every day. But also because, specifically because it's, like, a mission set by Cass. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, he wasn't around for all that. It, it really insinuates, like, how thoughtful he is about Dean and, like, what Dean cares about from the very start at a time where, like, I don't know. It just feels like he understands him on a different level from the very, very get-go of their yeah.
2: relationship.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I mean, dude had to grab his soul. So I I would think poking around on someone's soul stuff or whatever would... would- <laughs> Like, you would probably get a pretty good understanding of a person that that way, I would think. I don't know if I believed in souls or any of that stuff.
1: I think Dean kind of knows what to do because he's been through this before. He knows where to find the cult, where it's been.
0: I loved that little detail of him going to find the cult. I thought that was great. Like, it really makes a lot of the stuff in season one feel more purposeful, even though, like, I know intellectually, like, I'm aware of the fact that a lot of these storylines going on in season four happened because of rewrites, because of the writer's strike, as we've discussed. But it still, it still lends a lot of intentionality, that feeling of intentionality to the early shit, you know? I'm like, oh yeah, Elkins, he's a guy. I don't know does that make sense in like no
1: absolutely (laughs) okay well especially like I don't know I mean it's like that attention to detail because like I can hand wave a lot of stuff but if you're if like an episode is just you know rife of plot holes it is going to take me out of it a bit yeah so the fact that they did have that intention to kind of fine-tune those little bits yeah like Dean's thinking of everything yeah it lets us know that we're not stupid as a viewer they don't think we're stupid
0: So um, when he does find out that Azazel is in town, Dean immediately pretty much assumes that the thing he has to stop is Azazel. Like he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I got to go kill this guy in the past so that I make sure that all this stuff doesn't happen, which leads to two very, very, in my opinion, compelling conversations the first one being between him and his mom when he's walking out the door to go find the, to to go get the cult, where he tells her, like, on November 2nd, 1983, don't get out of bed. That, oh, Mm -hmm. that scene does things to me. Oh, it messed me up. It messed me up a lot. Like, I think there's just, like, the desperation and just, like, wanting to reclaim this uh, childhood and like know her as a person and being so afraid that he won't be able to stop her death, even though it's not his responsibility to do so. Man, there's a lot going on, a lot going on.
1: Yeah, it's pretty devastating. It's also incredibly interesting here. Yeah. We talked a little bit about like Castiel and um, him like literally rebuilding Dean, mm-hmm. but he also kind of asked Dean the question if like he's worthy of being saved. And we've kind of have this whole thing of like self-worth mm-hmm. and what his destiny is. Like he's never really got to choose what his life would be, but like throughout the series in little ways, like he has given that choice kind of over and over again. Mm-hmm. And we kind of see that in this episode a few times, but like the first one is here where, cause like, I don't know, he's before said that like, because of who he gets to save, like, you know, he's chose to stay a hunter. It doesn't necessarily mean he wants to, but like, he feels like it's what he has to do, mm-hmm. but here he's like actively choosing to pretty much change time.
0: Yes! Oh my gosh You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the second conversation, um, that I find so compelling where Dean is like, you know, I'm sure like you're aware everyone that you save will die to die. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's my family though. And yeah. Like I love, like we we understand Dean's value system very well at this point, point. and I just love how hardcore <laughs> this reminder is of that, and um, especially when we compare it to episodes like uh, a- a season two episode twenty, which was the Jin Dream episode, mm-hmm. where he he rejected all of that because of the fact that like staying in the in the dream. You know, he, he rejected that because he was like, well, if my wish came true, then all of those people died. Yeah. So I'm just like, it, it, ah, <laughs> parallels.
1: <laughs> no, it's so interesting. I'm always immediately obsessed with any episode that has to do with Dean's agency and his own destiny. Yeah. They handle it very well with his character. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like you sit here and you have to wonder, like, you know, how, how do you make a choice like that? Like, how do you sit there and be like the lives of my parents and my brother are when weighed against everyone else, like however many hundreds of people or whatever that I've prevented from dying, like they're more important. Like it's fucked up. (laughs) It's so fucked up. Um, and I love it. I love how fucked up it is. I really like here too. It shows a lot of growth from where we've been in the last seasons. Uh-huh. I know it's uh, because of family, but also this is something like Dean has never let himself think before when he's been faced with similar issues. So I like how it kind of shows ways he could be growing and changing his mind about things. Mm, yeah. Like allowing himself to want something for himself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
1: We've kind of talked a little bit about the conversation he has with Cass here. Did we want to go more into that or did we want to start where we go to the safe?
0: Dean's like, what? So now God's my (laughs) (laughs) co-pilot. Which is so bad, but I laugh anyway. And Cass's face is just like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about and (laughs) you're annoying (laughs)
1: oh my god if i was in dean's situation i would have so many stupid little bumper stickers and stuff like if god's gonna send me on missions i'm gonna go to like a christian bookstore and get the cheesiest like god's warrior oh my god i'm gonna lean into it
0: yeah it's that camp vibe that's so funny you say that because this whole time when he said that, I was like just imagining all the options he'd have it, and it could all be reality, but no one would ever fucking believe him. He just looked like the crazy, overly religious person. Oh yeah. Like, um, like fucking, what was that guy in season three? Oh, Gordon's friend, Kubrick. Yeah. he'd be like that? Yeah. You'd be like, okay, crazy. He'd be like, yeah. We'd yeah, we'd all be like, sure. I- I'm sure God's your co-pilot enjoy it <laughs> uh, no but no he's not he's not that kind of gay he's he's not a campy gay
1: but he could be but
0: yeah. he, could be, he has the potential he's got all the composite parts if only he knew how to put them together <laughs>
1: So this is when Dean goes to steal the Colt from Daniel Elkin's safe. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the scene because it was so short and snappy and we didn't like need too much out of it.
0: No, definitely. I think like something that we're seeing a lot in the season so far is a good sense of uh, when mm-hmm. enough is enough. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just really good editing choices. Like we don't actually need that much information for a scene to function really well. And actually sometimes having less is is better. And this is definitely one of those scenes. And I, I just love to come full circle is the other thing. We love to come full circle.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: But it's during this part where Dean is out of town that Mary and Sam stumble upon Azazel because they f- they figure out like these clues or whatever before Dean can get back. And that's kind of unfortunate because then the yellow eyed demon is like, oh, Mary, interesting. I like you.
1: I will say they did a good job of building up Mary's character here because she like kicked his ass for a bit. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I do want to say, just from this point forward, do you get a little bit of, like, a Twin Peaks vibe from the Yellow-Eyed Demon?
0: Yeah. I think, like, the grossness and yeah. the the predatory sexuality is definitely very Twin Peaks.
1: Like, it almost feels a little inspired by it. Also, the lighting. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's very interesting.
0: Well, I mean, Twin Peaks was highly influential, and it is, I would say, it's horror-adjacent.
1: No, uh, absolutely.
0: Like it's it's it dips into fantasy and it's also psychological horror.
1: And there's also a lot of parallels between Laura and Mary too. Yeah, yeah. Cause like they both the series both starts with them dying, caused by a demon that was possessing their father. Boom. Sorry, spoilers. Really? I should have said that probably first.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh sorry. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen Twin Peaks, our are, are bad. <laughs> it's been a really long time though over
1: 30 years yeah
0: (laughs) i had never put it together like that jordan i love your brain (laughs) look at you go yeah now i'm just stuck on the dancing in the mirror scene
1: i like that we immediately go into dean telling the yellow-eyed demon his whole entire master plan
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's, it's not quite immediately true first he's like i gotta talk to samuel alone Which this whole thing, if in this moment in particular, I feel like it would have gone so different if he didn't, for some reason, feel the need to not include Mary in this conversation. I feel like this episode does a really good job of, despite a lot of the content, managing to not be sexist about Mary most of the time. This scene, this bit is like glaringly in violation of that. I'm like, come on, y'all. I just don't really get why. Like, I don't really get his decision making here. Like, why was he like, "Oh yeah, I have to talk to like authority figure man guy only." <laughs>
2: well,
1: or like, so I get why he wouldn't marry there because maybe not to like impact the future or whatever. Mm-hmm. But why was his grandma not included in this conversation?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Very ostensibly, weird. Ostensibly, she was in the house. Yeah. yeah. So like, why? <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, this this whole bit between Dean and Sam, who is actually Azazel, is so good and so uncomfortable and bizarre. The way they keep having him, like, refer to Mary as Dean's mommy is just so <laughs> disgusting to me.
2: Ugh.
0: Yeah. Like, the whole time. Like, he doesn't just say it once to be gross. He keeps it up. <laughs> this actor does so well in this scene in particular. Um, at just playing like this completely terrifying demon like i think he i think he does just as well as that other actor it's hard to keep it up when you have multiple actors like portraying the same character oh i'm i much prefer this actor to be honest like i think same. He does a similar kind of, uh, like delivery, like of the prosody of the lines is very similar. Um, but I don't know, there's just, there's something much more disturbing mm-hmm. about it, like his, his expressions, I think, and just his general, something about his body language. I don't know. He's a, I would really have to inspect it for a very long time, but he's just creepier. I think yeah. he's just creepier. Um, And maybe it's because he's, like, bigger and taller. Like, so he's more menacing in that regard also. But he also, like, moves his body. Like, when he sniffs Dean's neck, like, it's in this, like, almost snake-like way. Like, oh, it was just so well acted. Nasty. Oh, so disgusting. Oh, man. That's the shit that I like. It's so (laughs) horrible,
1: you know? Um, I will say I'm a little confused about the conversation he has with Dean.
0: Okay, let's let's unpack. What is yeah. confusing you?
1: So he talks about how he wants to start his own master race of um special children, mm-hmm. but does he? Because he throws them all in a hunger game. <laughs> I would like. Is he want? Yeah. Does he want a master race or does he want a master child? Yeah. I don't know. Very weird.
0: Yeah. No, I see that. I think um having him say the line about. Like, oh, I'm not going to reveal my end game to you. And, like, you could never comprehend my plans. Mm Mwahaha. Like, that gives them a pretty easy out to be, like, well, it's fine that he actually let them all kill each other because Mm. that is part of the master plan. Like, having the plan be mysterious for as long as possible allows them to change the plan. Yeah, literally. Since <laughs> they need to, <laughs> which I think is smart, Um, if kind mm-hmm. of funny. That, I mean, that's just my opinion, Uh, obviously.
1: No, that makes sense. I mean, they also said that there's been many of those games, so it yeah. could just be part of the process. We don't really know, but no, you're right. It, it, it is interesting. I just was like, it was something interesting to know.
0: Maybe he was like, Yeah, my plans to make this master race, and then he realized he hates children.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: he grew along the way along the journey. Wow, that's a little terrifying, Allie. <laughs> I can always count on you to say things that upset me. <laughs> Jordan gets you, I upset you. Which you know, it does take a deep level of understanding to know what's going to make me frowny face as well so hey
1: you upset me too
0: (laughs) I think there's a lot of really interesting language here that I want to hang on to and remember like the way he talks about like hunters make excellent breeders like, you know, like they're animals, which I think obviously like demons aren't going to care too much about people, but comparing them to like livestock is definitely like a big, like yikes going on there. So it gives us a pretty good idea of like how low people are on the totem pole. And I think there's something very compelling About the way that Dean's like, you know, look into my eyes and like, I'm telling you the truth. I'm the one that kills you. Like, even though this episode, like, nothing good happens, like, Dean doesn't prevent, you know, anyone from making deals or dying or doing Mm -hmm. whatever. There's still that comfort in knowing that, like, yeah, like, this is something that's going to stay the same. Like, and we can have confidence in that. Yeah. And also, as we move forward, I think it's really interesting how, like, like we see Mary's behavior and, like, even the dialogue that she's given is very similar to Dean's in in the sequence. So, I, I don't know. I find that very compelling.
1: So, when we move on to the car and Mary and John are kind of talking in the car amidst all of this, like, kind of intense scenes...
0: Yeah, yeah, like Mary is like, uh, we don't let's not talk about getting married right now. Like, you don't know anything about me, and he's like, Oh, I don't care, I love and accept you, blah blah blah. And then Azazel shows up,
1: <laughs> just snaps his neck immediately. Still so.
0: um, I felt
1: bad, but I was laughing, I no, was having such a good time.
0: Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like the perfunctory way that he does it. It's like he's like, Get out of the car, and like John's like, now, hang on a minute. And he's like, and I'm stamping your neck. Like, he's just not fucking around. Yeah. This would have been the best point, though, for a hook hand, hook man crossover. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because I think, like, wherever they were filming it, it's the same. Yeah. It's yeah. the same I was just <laughs> Waiting for the scratch along the top of the car. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he's just so evil in this scene. Mm-hmm. I, I think like something with TV villains and movie villains that can get frustrating is they spend all kinds, of, so much time with their evil guy speech, you know? And like, you know, it's it's exactly how they make fun of it in like fucking Austin Powers. It's like, if, <laughs> by the time they're done like explaining their master plan, you've, you've figured out how to not deal with it anymore. But in here, I think it's the, his like, evil guy taunting is really well balanced out by the fact that he just doesn't give a fuck and he's stomping around killing everybody Mm -hmm. it works really
1: well it works so well and his plan was honestly fucking hilarious because a lot of times when we've seen the and dolls in this show and honestly kind of media in general it's all about this question of like a trade-off like does like the ends justify the means but here no he's like (laughs) <laughs> I'm just gonna kill your whole entire family in front of you. Yeah. Um, do you want him back? Right. Well, they're already dead. Right. Like he's not shown as like a broker, like it's it's very fun.
0: Yeah, like at this point, it's way more coercive than it is persuasive. Yeah. Um, for Mary. As, as opposed to some of the other people that he made deals with in the area. Like he's like determined to get her at this point because he's just pissed. Yeah. Or because he thinks it's funny or, you know, who knows? He's a crazy, freaky little guy. <laughs> that needs to be our tagline for Azazel. Just a crazy, freaky little, crazy guy. little guy. He's just like way more hardcore in this episode than he is in any of the other ones that he's in. I think. Yeah. Like at any point during like season two or like briefly in season one in that last episode. I'm a fan. Like make him worse. He should be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I do really like to hear um, that he's kind of changing the game for demons. We find out it doesn't have to be that he's coming for their souls. Like this is such an easier way to convince people if you if they don't know what you're coming for and like uh, laying those seeds so that ten years later he has the babies he needs for his demon right. army. Right, right, yeah, totally. I think there's something um, and, and like they kind of did something with that in uh, season two, the crossroads one, mm. where we first do the hellhounds and they Dean learns about John's deal for sure. Where um, they trade uh, the one guy's deal for the Crossroads Demon's life, I believe is what it was. But it's not like really emphasized very much that, you know, you can make bargains with them for things other than souls. Whereas here, there's a lot of time spent like explaining that and saying that over and over. So it gives them interesting narrative stuff to do in the future. In In a way, the other episode did not. I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you are. <laughs> um, I, I really liked here, he almost is operating on like vampire roles. Did you notice he like talks a lot about needing permission to enter the home and things like that. And I was very interested in that because that's not something that ha- was really talked about before. That's not really something they talk about with vampires in this show at all. Even though I think, Honestly, I think it's one of the coolest vampire roles. Well, um,
1: it's also kind of interesting that in an episode that brings up the cults a lot, the cult story is heavily based around vampires too. Like,
0: Right, right. Yeah. Um, that is interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. I gotta say, and you know, I, I, I know we h- hadn't brought up the weird comment earlier about like mom's a babe or whatever. And I feel like, you know that was again like a weird little nod to back to the future but I really like truly the the father-daughter kiss is one of the most disgusting things I have seen on this show it's really fucking gross no
1: I had thought about that too the mom's a babe reference and then immediately like having like isn't he originally attracted to her her dad's body like it's just brought up a lot in this episode it's very strange
0: Yeah. And like, I think if you're going to have references to incest in your thing that you're writing, it is proper that they should be depicted as horrific, which I Mm -hmm. definitely think they are here. But I think it's just for the amount of time, like the actual length of the episode in terms of minutes versus the amount of time spent on incestuous content it's just a little dense
1: yeah like it's I'm not trying
0: too much it's it's really too much <laughs> like yeah
1: yeah i'm not trying to watch supernatural in the attic
0: i and i i think like there's something to be said on how like <sighs> you know, the demonic is inherently against nature and also bringing people back to life is against nature, as is incest. Mm -hmm. Like, we are definitely supposed to be very unsettled by this. It's just... Like, in 45 minutes, how much you really trying to, like, fuck up your audience. Like, you know, like, it's just a lot. And I think, like, maybe if there hadn't been the wink-nudge, remembering Back to the Future when Marty almost fucked his mom, like, if there hadn't been that, maybe it would be okay. But it's just, like, a little too much for me. Well, there's also a moment at dinner where Sam is being like, oh, well, uh, John kind of sucks. And you should be with someone better. And the and, she's like, who like him like a hunter. And I oh, it just makes me cringe. Yeah, yeah. There's well, think, so many moments in this episode. Yeah, that one at least there's a visceral, absolutely not reaction yeah. in all directions. Basically, so like it's it's less weird, but yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's gross I don't really have anything else to say like critically I just Mm -hmm. I just don't like it except (laughs) ew yeah like oh that's all I got left in my brain at this point with regards to that is ew I am very interested in like the rest of everything that's going on in this scene though I will say like I think like the way the headlights of Dean's car shine on Mary, like almost like she's in a spotlight on a stage, you know, Mm. that's very interesting to me. I find it very thought provoking that Dean doesn't arrive physically until after it's all happened. Mm -hmm. So you're sort of left with this feeling like, you know, was Mary considering not doing it for a second? And until she Mm -hmm. did make the deal for sure, Dean didn't exist. Uh, You know, all this stuff, there's a lot um, going on that's kind of ambiguous, and I think for her in that moment, she is preserving the dream of, like, her future children and herself free Mm. of, like, this, you know, pseudo-militaristic lifestyle separate from Mm. the rest of society, and John's death was representative of the death of that dream for her, but actually, uh, it's kind of, it's like the reverse, like... You know, so like Dean arrives and witnesses the death of his potential to have a childhood that is normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Which really fucking sucks. Yeah, and that's something I guess we didn't really touch on earlier is that Mary was very, it's not just about her. She wants to have children and she like is like the worst thing I can think is for them to be raised like me, Mm -hmm. which is fucking devastating. Um, (laughs) There's also... The way um, Cass appears here and like we've kind of made fun of or called attention to the way he's sort of like, like not stony faced really, but just kind of unflappable during most -hmm. of this episode and certainly during his other scenes with Dean. Uh, And I think there's something very, like both on Dean's face and Cass's, there's something very, very intimate and unguarded like in the silent exchange they have there. You know, Dean doesn't really show pain to anyone like that. Not even to his brother, who is the closest person to him. And <laughs> like, I think Cass's compassion for him is very clear here in a way that is surprising given his behavior and other scenes. It just feels very, I don't know. It feels, I, I'm sorry that I'm using this word, but it feels profound. <laughs>
1: No, I'm absolutely. really sorry.
0: I'm really sorry to say profound, but it does feel that way to me.
1: I am really interested here. Ending means back to the past mm-hmm. because so he was pretty much there just to be shown what had happened to kind of catch him up. But like in a lot of ways, he kind of he affected the past. He's kind of the reason that Mary ran like met the yellow-eyed demon in the first mm-hmm. place. Yeah, I wonder. Like, did he cause all of this?
0: Yeah, did and I never know that's a big question that I think uh bothers some people in the fandom. Like I um I personally don't think that he did. The implication that I get from what Cass says to him when they get back to the motel is that Like, regardless of Dean going back in time and trying to fuck around with stuff, like, that was going to happen anyway. Mm -hmm. It just would have happened differently. And so it it just didn't really fucking matter one way or the other. So for for me, what it seems to be saying is that, and and Cass even says this, right? He says time is fluid to Dean. Mm -hmm. They're not working on a linear timeline the way that, like, say, Terminator is, Mm -hmm. um, is my understanding,
1: Yeah, I guess it would make Cass like a mighty idiot if he caused all of this stuff.
0: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or his boss or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I do like that we finally get the resolution of the you have to stop it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Although, again, I do think it was a little goofy uh, and heavy handed. But it's interesting that he does feel that, like, the full context of everything was necessary, like, Mm -hmm. uh, for Dean to experience and not just be told about because of this regarding Sam. And especially in context of a show that notoriously has the brothers keep things from each other and has a lot of issues that could have been settled with being open and honest. I like how Cass comes in and is like, I want you to know the whole situation of this. And that includes when they get back to the future, haha, mm-hmm. uh, as well. Like, he doesn't tell Dean, oh, your brother is doing such and such with mm-hmm. so and so. He's like, this is his location. Go see what what he's doing mm-hmm. for yourself. Like, there's an emphasis on letting Dean come to his own conclusions about mm-hmm. things, which I really appreciate. Especially for a character who, with the way John was with both him and Sam, like telling them how it is constantly, Mm -hmm. like they they don't get to sort of figure things out for themselves until way late into their adulthood. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a, a change that I find very nice.
1: It is kind of interesting that we have put a big emphasis on, like, how Dean is in this parental role, like, Sam is his responsibility. Mm -hmm. And then, like, not only is he his responsibility, like, keeping him safe and protected, but also, not only is John, like, Sam is your responsibility, like, greater powers that be are, like, Mm -hmm. Sam is your responsibility,
0: yeah literally the your your brother's keeper thing
1: yeah
0: and i think um the vague threat involved in that is very fun as well mm-hmm. it's like you know if we're gonna hand wave the whole like God is john like thing <laughs> that they're doing but like on to have it be like you know you remember When your dad was like, you might have to kill your brother. Well, now God is like, you might have to kill your brother. And like the escalation of that. And how is he going to fucking deal with all of that? Especially when Sam has been very um, squirrely and stubborn. It's fun. It's fun. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love the changing of the phrasing here though, because for the first three seasons, we've really got shoved down our throats like, Dean. Dean is responsible for Sam and he's the only one who can stop Sam or do this for Sam or save Sam or whatever and doesn't give him a choice I I know it's a threat in this where he says like we're not sure where this road leads stop it or we will but I like how Cass here is giving him the agency to like stop it because he cares but it's not like he's the only one who could yeah and I think implicit in a vague statement like you have to stop it from happening is that it doesn't matter how it stops um and that can be left up to him as well yeah. just that it needs to yeah a lot more choice and like dean not just as being told what to do 100% agree obligatory fuck john winchester
1: fuck john winchester to be continued <laughs>
0: Allie, um you never did your, your time travel thing. Yeah, I often do research, and if it doesn't come up, do you want me to go over it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about how the time travel in this episode could be possible. <laughs> There's a website. I love when they do, like, the seven steps to summon a demon. This has the five ways time travel could be real. Incredible. The first one, in essence, is if you go really, really fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Superman. Oh, yeah. I was thinking back to the future, but yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you go really, really fast, it it is a potential. But again, uh, speeds we're not currently capable of achieving. You mean Um, what was it, 88 miles an hour or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, we can't just jump forward then. Shucks. Oh, shucks. Probably for the best for all of us. True. Um, also, extremely strong gravity. Interesting. But then you could never escape it. So you would be in a time loop. This would be like, at least, I don't understand these things well, but from what I do, it would be like if something far away, w- nope, this is in the future. If the future had really strong gravity, really, really strong, it would pull you there. But mm-hmm. then you couldn't leave it. Okay, it's based on an Einstein theory. I am clearly not Einstein. Are you sure?
1: Well, I'm gonna <laughs> just
0: make a wild guess here. <laughs> also, um, they're bacteria spores that will suspend their animation and wait until it has the right situation to develop. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think of this kind of as the like freezing one, cryogenics. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we if we could just suspend our animation, kind of freeze there, and wait till the time was right. Okay, okay. Also wormholes and black holes. Oh, yes. The classic. The, the classic. That we really <laughs> don't know much about. <laughs> uh, jumping through them. Uh. And then my favorite... Is someone has this theory that if you're able to make a rotating cylinder of light, mm-hmm. that will let you time travel? I'm just curious how big of a cylinder? Why? Okay. Why? Is it like handheld? Is it galactic level? Like, how big is this? I'm guessing pretty big. I'm guessing pretty big, but I also think it would be wild if you could like stick it on a keychain. Like, if it was like cell phone sized. Yeah. Back in my day. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have mobile time travel. I thought you were going to be up in here talking about like dark matter and tachyons and whatever. Oh, I just just, like cylinders. (laughs) Cylinders of light.
1: Cylinders are relevant to the episode. We talked about them in the engine of the Impala.
0: Oh yeah. No, you're true. I mean, you're right. That's true.
1: And cars time travel, so.
0: True. Cars are DeLoreans, which are John Winchester, and cars also have cylinders, which are time travel. Therefore.
1: John Winchester is God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: I like how also they, they, I hate when they add time travel in shows because that could resolve so many things. Maybe maybe but often I'm like just just keep time travel out of your world but that's my take I guess that's fair I think it works when you have very specific roles exactly exactly you gotta be real crafty about it um you can keep your time travel I will stay far away I will keep my time travel Allie enjoy I will I will enjoy it I'll enjoy it so much Speaking of me enjoying time travel, I have a time travel fanfic for y'all today.
1: Nice. Oh, this would be the perfect time for the D-next Uyasha since it's time (laughs) travel related.
0: Every time you bring it up, I set back the clock. (laughs)
1: Like time travel.
0: I'm waiting until you've forgotten.
1: (laughs) Damn. It's
0: gonna happen when you least expect it.
1: I always expect it. I want it. I crave it.
0: Well, you're not getting it this time. No. Today's fic is called Time on My Hands by AO3 user Muron. The summary is Raphael traps Dean and Cass in 1943. This is a very old fic, but for how old it is, it does not have that many hits respectively. So it was published in May of 2011, and has 29,895 hits. To compare, a time travel fic that a friend of mine wrote towards the end of last year has about 50K. So it's, that's like an insane difference, I think. Mm-hmm. This fic is rated E. It's a Dusty L fic. It's really just Dean and Cass, and Sam is in it for a bit, and there's some other angel characters The additional tags are Time Travel, First Time, Wump, Hurt Comfort, and Season 6. So technically, it starts off in some generic point in Season 6, but I think it's fine to talk about it here because I'm not going to bring up any of the plot things that are going on, but essentially, another angel sends them back in time. uh, And we know that angels can do that now because of this episode. And they, uh, they get stuck there in the 40s (laughs) and it's very much you know if you're a person who doesn't mind like period typical homophobia and stuff Mm -hmm. there is some of that I will give a trigger warning for hate crime that does Mm -hmm. occur in this but like otherwise they're just like hanging out and farming and stuff (laughs) in the middle of nowhere the United States so I don't know it's very like It has this sort of golden idyllic feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I just really enjoy it. It's like angsty or whatever, but it's not an uncomfortable amount.
1: No, that's a very interesting concept. I do like Mm -hmm. the idea of time travel that's kind of removed away from the narrative of Mm. their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So like,
0: exactly. They're stuck. And so they're just like waiting to either get pulled back or to have the resources to get themselves back. Um, And it's sort of like, in the meantime, well, what the fuck are they going to (laughs) do? You know, like Dean's got to eat, you know, I just love, they're just like, well, fuck it. I guess we're having farmer jobs now. (laughs) This one is about 25,000 words. And I highly recommend this one. This one is from my bookmarks specifically. I have a lot of time travel fix bookmarked, turns out. Turns oh. out a lot of really good stories in that genre in this fandom. So take that, Allie. I'll fight you all. You'll never win. I There's won't, too- but I'll try. There's too many of us. I, I, clearly, I don't know how.
1: <laughs> Two and a half. What? I don't know. My joke did not land.
0: Two and a half. Is that what you said?
1: Mm-hmm. i'm so hopped oh. up on allergy medicine i think i'm like <laughs> I'm so sorry, jordan jordan i'm seeing bubbles oh no
0: <laughs> well i think it's time to read the episode what do you say jordan
1: mm, okay i just want to make it clear i fucking love this episode i actually think this is one of the best episodes of supernatural thus far yeah. Because it's fun. It's fun. It's kooky. But while also being disturbing and interesting, yeah. I don't want to full on give it a five out of five even though I do love it. But would I ever truly love anything if it's perfect? Maybe. I don't know. But so I'm going to go <laughs> to 4.5 Claire's bracelets. <laughs> what about you, Hallie?
0: I am like this episode. I'm not in love with this episode. Overall, it's solid. I really don't have complaints about it. I guess it's just not one of my favorites, but I will also give it a 4.5 out of 5 Volkswagen Vans. What about you, Jasper? I'm gonna give this one a little higher. It's not a perfect 5 out of 5 for me, you might guess. I think, like, there's some stuff I wish was better. And I do think like the, you have to stop Dean is like very corny. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And referencing old movies aside, I really don't think they should have been trying to put in more incest content. Like that just, that's just a weird choice. But I do, I really love this episode. Like I think it elucidates so much stuff while not answering so much that we're going to be bored in the future. Like it generates as many questions as it answers. And I don't know there's just something really compelling about Dean's helplessness to me, (laughs) this episode. Mm. So yeah, that's going to be a 4.75 DeLoreans out of five from me.
1: Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, What now? So this is an episode where I am incredibly confident in my predictions for the next episode. And I'm, I'm kind of dreading it a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I just know the pacing of the show where I think next episode is just going to be that type of episode that I can't stand Mm -hmm. where we're going to like use a monster of the week to beat our head over with some kind of like reoccurring theme. So it's going to be like a pseudo filler. So here we have the line. Your brother is headed down a dangerous road, Dean. So we're going to be talking about, like, destiny. Like, it's is it Sam's destiny to become, like, this um, yellow-eyed demon's leader of this army, even though Sam doesn't want it? So mm-hmm. I think we're going to have some stupid monster of the week type thing where we have, like, a werewolf or a mm-hmm. doctor or Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type thing. Mm-hmm. Where we're going to take a person who can't help but kill people, even though he's trying his best not to, mm-hmm. and use it as a parallel for Sam. mm-hmm. mm-hmm and I'm not looking forward to it (laughs) like I just want to know more about the angels I want to know more about this demon deal I don't want to waste my time with theming I'm sorry usually I like theming but Supernatural like likes theming a little too much
0: Mm. yeah well and the kind of themes that you're talking about that you're predicting we'll have to deal with again are ones that have been hashed and rehashed for us many times yes
1: so yeah that's pretty much it
0: (laughs) jordan you sound so put out (laughs) (laughs) all right is that everything any last words everything final remarks
1: I liked John getting his next snap. That was incredibly funny.
0: That was. It was good. Fuck you, John. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhart, and special thanks to Sophia Linden for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Carthage, Missouri.
2: Bye. 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 (laughs) Jordan. (laughs) It
1: comes and goes.